Let's do this. Let's go to the newsmaker line. Standing by, 3rd District Congressman Jim Banks. Congressman Banks, hello, sir. Hey, Pat. Good to be with you. Nice to have you with us. Always glad to have you with us. So um, I'm looking um, at some things that are happening here in and around everything going on uh, in the House. Let's talk first about uh, Congressman Santos. I know that um, I know that some people are just saying, throw him out, throw him out. First of all, that would be a little difficult because of what it might do to numbers uh, in the House. But secondly, the whole idea that you're not guilty until it's been proven, innocent until proven guilty, I think that should even apply to people that are in the House. Am I wrong? I agree with you. There have only been five members of the House who have been expelled in American history. Three of them were expelled because they served with the Confederacy in the Civil War. The other two, James Traficant and another member from decades ago, were both convicted of bribery and other crimes before they were expelled by the House. So in this case, you have George Santos, who had obviously this guy is a liar. Obviously, he lied to his district yep. to get elected. But if that was the bar to be expelled from Congress, we should be we should be expelling half of the members of Congress. Yeah. If, if lying during a campaign is what it takes to get expelled from Congress. So I have a feeling that the judicial process will work its way uh, uh, through the, the indictments of George Santos. I have a feeling that um, that he did a lot of uh, uh, bad things and made a, ba- a lot of a number of uh, uh, significant lies to his district and to others, and he should be held to the uh, to the fullest extent of the law that the that the the, the justice system can uh, bring against him. Uh, but let that let's let that process play itself out. Not um, not expel a guy because some members don't like him because he lied and destroy precedent. Uh, in the, this institution, because and at the end of the day, I don't really care about George Santos. Um, he's lied to me before. He's lied to uh, he, he, he's he's well known uh, for being a liar. But what I do care about is that each district, all 435 districts in this country, elect and send a representative uh, to Congress. And who am I, the representative from Northeast Indiana, to tell New York um, and Long Island who they can send? Yeah. Uh, to Washington D.C. I think that's a it's a dangerous precedent. We shouldn't go down that path. Let's wait until he's convicted before you expel him. Um, and and on top of that, Pat, uh, I, I I I talked to Kayla about this yesterday morning. At the end of the day, uh, this Republican majority has become such an embarrassment in what it for what it hasn't done. For we we haven't we haven't uh, uh, we haven't voted to impeach Joe Biden. We haven't voted to hold. Secretary Mayorkas accountable. We were supposed to vote on that this afternoon. They pulled the vote from the floor, and I'm angry about it. Uh, we haven't voted to leverage um, a lot of the spending bills to rein in spending, wasteful spending, and cut spending. Instead, Republicans have gone along, along with Democrats to pass CRs that continue the Pelosi-Biden levels of spending from last Congress that have sent us to a $34 trillion debt. But guess what? The, guess what? Republican leaders. Our focus on today is expelling George Santos. I, I just think it's embarrassing. Yeah, I, I, no, I think you're exactly right. Um, and and I'm, here's the problem: if you jump in before he is indicted and found guilty of anything, uh, then you just really open up a, a bailiwick of just problems. Because how do you go after him 
and not go after Schiff from California. You know, I'm still waiting for him. Do you remember him? He said, you know, oh, don't worry. Everything that, that Trump did, I've got the proof. It's in my office of everything with Russia and the collusion and the PP tapes and all that. And as soon as it comes around, I'm going to produce those. I've not seen diddly of that. Have you? No, that, that's a that's a, I, I haven't even thought about that, Pat. That's a great point. I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to steal it. I'm going to talk about that. This this Republican majority, this Congress hasn't done anything to to hold Adam Schiff for accountable for his lies that did more damage to this country than than any lie that George Santos told or yep. how he used campaign money on Botox or whatever he uses campaign money for. That's a legal that's a legal issue. That's an issue between his district and him. But Adam Schiff told lies that devastated this country. That that stopped uh, the Congress from enacting the agenda of a of a of a president who was elected to drain the swamp and get things done and the Russian collusion hoax that Adam Schiff lied about every day cost this country a great deal and uh, brought in many ways uh, led to what brought this country to its knees uh, later on in the term and uh, that we should be holding Adam Schiff accountable we should be holding um, uh, Eric Swalwell accountable for sleeping with a Chinese communist spy, yes. and he's still getting uh, classified briefings on the Intelligence Committee and other committees. Um, he, that's, he's still getting those briefings. We should be holding a lot of other people accountable. I'm not defending George Santos. I think his district should be embarrassed they ever sent him to Washington, D.C. to begin with, but I, but I am embarrassed for Republican leadership for focusing on this and not focusing on a lot of other issues that are far more important to getting this country back on track that they're not they're not focused on at the moment. Well, yeah, and and I hadn't thought about Swalwell for quite some time either, but yeah. Look, there are difficulties with a lot of people on the hill and you can't chase every rabbit, but there are a couple of rabbits that have gotten pretty large and they'd be pretty easy to hit. Uh, Swalwell would be one, um, Schiff would be another. Um, and 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 the difference to me uh, like, for example, between Santos and Schiff, Santos's lies, which are horrific, but they became out of embellishing him personally uh, and trying to make people think that he was perhaps something that he wasn't. The lies of somebody like Schiff, where he's attacking somebody in office as a president of the United States, making us go through a lot of anguish, making us go through a lot of money and committee time to keep chasing things that weren't there. I personally think that Schiff should be taken to task by this House before it concludes its uh, its sitting on the floor next year. Yeah, I, I agree. I absolutely agree. Also, think about Senator Blumenthal lied about being a Vietnam veteran. He's yep. still a United States senator. Then you got Senator Menendez, who gets caught with gold bars that was given to him by a foreign country, and the guy is still sitting. He's he's under indictment. He's still sitting over in the United States Senate, uh, serving in a very powerful role as, as the chairman of the uh, very powerful uh, Senate Intelligence, Intelligence Committee. So you got a lot of, you got a lot of cases around here of people that should be held, that, that we should be dealing with and, be, and holding accountable. And I think we should hold, we should censure George Santos. We should, he should be prevented from serving on committees. Those, those are ways to hold him accountable. Right. But to take the voice and the vote away from three-quarters of a million people in New York State who sent this guy here to begin with, that's something that, while, while that might feel good to do against George Santos, 
wait until they do that against wait until the the next democrat majority with the next Nancy, speaker nancy pelosi that decides that she wants to do that against a jim banks or a representative from Northeast Indiana just because they disagree with them. That's a dangerous precedent. Yeah, it is. And once you set that precedent, you can't undo it. I mean, there's no way you could walk that back once it's after the fact. Um, Let me ask you another thing here, Congressman. And again, thank you very much for being with us today, talking to Congressman Jim Banks from Indiana's 3rd. With all this that's going on with the House and everything, in the midst of all this, this intrigues me. This debate tonight that's going to be on TV between between the governor of California and the governor of Florida. Now, Fox can put up whatever debate they want, but in the in the end, as we sit right now, isn't this kind of a debate about nothing? Maybe. I mean, I'm 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 going to be busy. I have a, a committee hearing at 7:15 on the on the the China committee, so I'll be following along on on Twitter and watching some of the outtakes, but it could be an important debate between two governors from the, one of the biggest uh, invi- most vibrant uh, red states and then a blue state that's gone, gone down the tubes uh, under a, a Democrat governor. So it could be a really important debate, but neither, neither one of these guys are going to be president of the United States of America, at least in the 2024 election. They might be, they might be future uh, presidents uh, after the 2024 cycle. It's, in, it's inevitable that Donald Trump is going to be the nominee of the Republican Party. And I think even though there's a lot of growing speculation on the left that Joe Biden might not end up being on the ballot in 2024, I think they're stuck with him. I mean, at this point, they would, it would have to be a, a big twitch that would cause a lot of turmoil in the Democrat Party to get rid of him. So yeah, I don't know if it's a debate about nothing. It could be a serious debate between two a red state governor, uh, a red state uh, governor from a state that's doing great things, like in Florida, that's growing, low taxes, vibrant, a lot, a lot of good things to talk about, and then then the state of California that people are fleeing from because it's so poorly managed, and it's the difference between Republican and Democrat policies. So it could be a powerful debate, but I don't think it's going to have any consequence on the 2024 presidential election. Yeah, I, I, I don't either. I mean, I genuinely don't. And just between you and me and the door gate, because nobody else listens to my program, one of the things that makes me a little anxious is that it's being moderated by Sean Hannity, who who is very right-wing. I mean, he's very much you and me. He's very right-wing. He's very conservative. He's very Republican. And I think that it's going to be difficult for him to ask overly tough questions about Santos, I'm sorry, <laughs> DeSantis, <laughs> unless Sean uses it as a way to put DeSantis in a bad light to even further elevate Donald Trump without Trump even being there. Yeah, it, awfully risky for, for Governor DeSantis, who's coming in second place, third place in some states, in all the Republican primary polls, uh, to stick his neck out there. And I give him credit for it. I mean, he's he's you know, and I, I'm I'm looking forward to seeing what the outcome of the debate is, and what some of the pundits, and most importantly, what some of our voters in Indiana, what Hoosiers think of the debate afterwards. But it's very risky for him. Uh, Governor Newsom uh, from California has nothing to lose in this debate. So uh, Governor DeSantis has a lot to lose if it doesn't go well for him. It could be it could be very damaging to uh, the guy that uh, I think will end up coming in 
second place uh, ultimately to Donald Trump, who, like I said before, I'm, I'm fully convinced will be the Republican nominee uh, in 2024. And I think there's a really good chance at this point today that he's going to win the election in November and be the next president of the United States of America. Um, last question. And again, Congressman, thank you very much for being with us today. Um, what do, What is your take? I mean, you you took a stand at IU recently where you decided to stand with Jewish students, victims of anti-Semitism at IU, and you're not apologizing for it, but somebody who uh, was somebody who was mentioned and did the introduction to the book, The Communist Manifesto, um, they're saying that it's absolutely the wrong thing for you to do and you should just be hung from a tree or whatever. Um, still no apologies from you for standing with those students? No, no way. Uh, well, I apologize, especially to a Marxist, left-wing, radical, woke, liberal, uh, anti-American professor at Indiana University. In fact, Pat, I don't know if he knows it, but I, I was a student in this particular professor's classroom uh, when I was a political science major at Indiana University a long time ago. And so I, I know where these, these radical professors are coming from, and they have a very selective defense, by the way, of free speech when they're, when they're attacking me. Uh, for defending Jewish students who don't feel safe going to class uh, at, in, in Bloomington. And my, my letter was to I, the IU administration asking them, with the 400% rise in an, cases of anti-Semitism on college campuses this year, especially after the attacks by Hamas on Israel on October 7th, what are we doing to make our Jewish students feel safe? And, and reminding the IU administration, and I've had healthy discussions, by the way, with the president, of IU and her staff about this, but federal funding, and there's a lot of federal funding that goes to these left-wing universities. If you're if you're a conservative taxpayer like I am, you wonder why so much of our money is going to fund a lot of these colleges that are teaching our kids to hate America, by the way. So if, if our federal funding and our tax dollars are going to campuses like IU or any other campus in the country, what are you doing to make Jewish students feel safer so that they can feel safe to go to go to class and get their college degree. That's the simple question. But then I had a number of radical left-wing professors like this uh, this uh, professor Isaac come out and attack me for that notion. And it just goes to show you that um, a lot of these professors really do stand stand for the same values and the ideology of Hamas that wants to wipe Israel off the map. And yeah. that's disgusting and scary and something that we should all be aware of. And frankly, that. I hope the administration at IU takes a deep look at how radical many of these professors are yep. and do something to uh, replace them with professors that are going to teach kids in the classroom, not indoctrinate them with anti-American values and ideologies. Yeah, no, I think you're exactly correct. Congressman, thank you very much for your time today. Um, I, I think you're going to have some things that uh, are going to be coming to a vote tomorrow uh, there on the House floor. We'll be watching how all that plays out. I appreciate very much your time for today, and we'll talk to you again next week, okay? Have a good day. Third District Congressman Jim Banks. We're going to be back with more straight ahead. Podcasts by Federated Media.